Before we jump into this episode, I wanted to say that this is the last one for season one. It's been an incredible first season. I feel so lucky and blessed to have spoken to and gotten to know so many people from so many different walks of life with also a lot of shared understanding and shared experiences. I started this project with just a hope, a dream, and a goal, <laughs> like many projects are started, but um, it's turned into something more than I could have even imagined. So I'm excited for season two, and I hope you are too. So if you want updates on that, please stay tuned via Instagram and via our website, and you can sign up for our mailing list to know more. Um, enjoy this amazing episode and have a pen and paper ready because you're going to want to take some notes. All right, talk soon. Ciao. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Wellspring Words, the podcast. This is your host, Kem. Uh, nice to have you back on another episode. And today I am with yet another guest. I'm really excited about this conversation. And it is with a woman called Abigail. And she is going to, as always, um, introduce herself. Hi, Abigail. Hi there. Hello, Nikem. Uh, yes, my name is Abigail. And I am a transpersonal integrative psychotherapist. And I work with uh, individuals as well as couples as well as groups and and retreats and workshops mm -hmm. on, on a variety of subjects but of course we're in these crazy unprecedented times mm -hmm. so retreats and workshops are a little bit uh, on hold as we all know yeah and so yeah a lot of work now online yeah and actually the way that abigail and i know each other is through um, a mutual friend colleague associate named Asma, who I met through Instagram. I don't know if you knew this, Abigail, but I met Asma through Instagram via Wellspring Words. Uh, you know, there, you know, you can have different Instagrams for different things. So I have my personal Instagram and then one for Wellspring Words. And uh, I, I, I just saw her page on there for Art of Being, her initiative. And we started chatting through there. She lives in Abu Dhabi as well. And then we met and we really connected. And then she was telling me about you. And the second time we met, she told me about you again. And I was like, oh yeah, please like link us up. And then she introduced us. So that was really nice. And she, she spoke very highly about one of the uh, retreats that you're part of called Path of Love. She just said that it changed her life so much and uh, that you were uh, an integral part of that actually. So it's really nice to know that you're, you're, doing the work that you're doing because you're doing it so well apparently <laughs> apparently so so yeah of course asma is fabulous um and yeah path of love is an incredible um retreat where we dive deep and we kind of deconstruct if you like and then yeah. we reconstruct and we emerge as uh, new beings without kind of exaggerating but yeah yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, a really integral part of uh, what I'm involved in um, and of course the title Path of Love opens up lots and lots mm -hmm. of curiosity and, and it has lots of layers and levels. Okay so without necessarily going into all those layers and levels I mean you mentioned the curiosity that this that this title creates I'm sure people listening might want to understand what what is this path of love what is this retreat you know those of those who are listening, who are like me, want to find out immediately and like, can I get involved or what does it entail? So what can you just give a little bit of insight from your perspective, like why you you got into it? How does it integrate with the work that you're doing on a larger scale, et cetera? 
Yeah. Um, well, where to start? Mm-hmm. So Path of Love is a, a seven-day residential. It's global. And so I think we're in about 16 different countries. The precipice, if you like, is about longing. It's about going into your yearning in life, which therefore travels through the personality structures and it actually allows you to open up into something that's deeper, something that is more essential inside you. And so many of us feel we are a particular personality type, a person, a a particular human being that likes this or does this. And we identify with our careers, with our relationships, with our roles. And often we go through life with our eyes a little bit closed and and our, our lives and who we are goes unexamined. And Of course, I think through COVID, lots of people have really delved into self-exploration and gone under those layers and those protective identifications to find out more about who they really are, what really drives them, what's their purpose, how are they really in their core sense of self. And so Path of Love really integrates meditation as well as movement and music, as well as exposure, as well as real inquiry. And with all of those different methodologies, you get to, to really find aspects of yourself that have been hidden. And so that connects very much with the work that I do, because, of course, I work individual, but with groups. And my passion is about our potential. My my passion is about our essential core self. Who are we at the the real roots of our being when we, you know, get rid of the conditioning and the programming that we have all been, you know, kind of uh, uh, painted with? And so that whole journey into self-exploration and self-discovery and depth really comes, I think, into three little three qualities, being, belonging, becoming, you know, and in those particular areas, there's so much to, to explore. I was just writing that down, being, belonging and becoming. I, I love these nuggets that we can sort of synthesize our journeys into. And I know sometimes it can be an oversimplification because there's a lot more nuance to these things. But when there's a lot to work with, you know, we're talking about the essence of our being and conditioning and conditioning is so, 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 so heavy. It's thick. And so is the essence of our being, but it's a thick undercurrent to the thick outer layer. (laughs) So sometimes just looking at it in the sense of being, belonging and becoming can be a really, I don't know, a direct way to, to go into this part of the journey. You know, if, if someone were to, to start to categorize what they wanted to do for themselves and hone in on particular areas, I feel like these three would be good, good ways to do that at, at different times in their life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, of course, they interlink, you yeah. know, and they, yeah. uh, they feed off each other. But if you looked at it, for example, I see being 
as, okay, do you have the right to exist? Mm. Many of us actually fight with self-worth, self-value. Do I actually have the right to be here? Mm -hmm. So really playing and inquiring and exploring into being, what does it mean to really stand in your self-worth, your self-value, have your voice, have your, the bravery to set particular boundaries? What's okay with me? What's not? Mm. How do you take responsibility for yourself if you don't actually feel that you have a right to be here? And many of us really don't stand fully in our, in our, our, our whole selves to, to really own the fact that I have a right to be here. And my whole take on that, because I think, you know, I'm integrating um, between personality and spirituality, right. if you like. Right. That's the transpersonal. It's like, okay, we have a personality, we have an ego, but we also have a spiritual self. Mm. And without that being woohoo, it's about grounding that mm-hmm. in you know, the, the actual essence of our being. And don't worry, it's, it's not woo-woo on this, on this podcast because we're <laughs> always talking about spirituality and, and humanness and all these things. So you're in the right place for that. Yeah, go ahead. Fantastic. Grounding and embodying that mm-hmm. right to be. And one of my takes is, is that we are here in this living vessel that life said we should be. No one else has any right to say anything else. So we don't actually have to prove it. We don't mm. actually have to strive for our worth and value. We're here. That's it. And life said so. Of course, that takes work to get to a place that we can acknowledge that we don't actually have to prove our value. Just our, our actual being in this vessel, in this body says, actually, you have a place here. Mm-hmm. So being, of course, you can really kind of dive very, very deep into all of the things that prevent you from fully landing here. You know, and then when we look at becoming, I think becoming is about finding your purpose, finding your meaning, finding your value, finding your true, you know, expression and and purpose in this life. And we play in that in that place between the two kind of impulses that we're born with, which is the right for survival or the, the, the need to survive, if you like. And the the need for authenticity Mm. and that attachment need of security and predictability and familiarity is crucial. Otherwise, we're not going to survive. We're not going to continue. Whereas that that impulse in us to be authentic and to be real and vibrant and alive and curious and and exploring Mm -hmm. in, in life, hugely essential. But when we're growing up, the the impulse to be authentic gets squashed mm-hmm. over the right to survive. Right. You need validation and approval and you have to fit in to your family, to culture in order to get through, mm. you know, so that that kind of becoming or that authentic expression gets really squashed. And so I get, I f- I'm fascinated with that. And of course, women have one root, men have another root, and, and each individual has their, has own, their own root. And as human too. beings, and as human beings, we have a route, don't we? Like women do, men do, non-binary do, but we all do as human beings, as a human collective, right? We have that route. And I've been doing a lot of studying on this in the past several weeks, months, doing workshops and my yoga teacher training and 
reading books and watching these things. And it's really coming down to the core of that, as you said, the, uh, the stability and then the authenticity or the expression, or I see it as like the masculine and the feminine. It really comes down to what it feels like. That masculine energy of the structure, things in place, predictability, I know what to go for, do, 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 strive, strive, strive. And the femininity of the creative, being free, intuitive, flowing, seeing what comes. And of course, in the era that we've been living in for thousands of years, it's been really a focus on the do. And with COVID, we've seen a lot of, peop- a lot of people going more towards by choice or by circumstance, the being, because you don't really have a choice sometimes in this time when you're in lockdown, you're in the UK. So, you know, we were just talking about it before we started recording. You have to make time to be, or you have to just be whether or not you, you think you have time for it or not and see what flows from there. So I, I, I feel this very heavily as someone who is quite openly creative, not just, you know, uh, no, this is no, no problem with it, but creative but doesn't do anything about it and just keeps the creativity inward, very openly creative and have been since I was a child. So how have you been able to work through the suppression of your more authentic becoming self, like having the inner vision for yourself and executing that vision and being creative, along with, of course, having the stability and structure that you need as a human to feel like you belong somewhere and you're grounded? I think it's a work in progress. I Mm -hmm. think it's this dance between negotiating all the time, uh, between the the that need for security and that need for adventure. Right. You know, the need for stability and the need for desire. Mm. And I, I feel I've traveled through wild, adventurous uh, times that have allowed me to really get in touch with my needs, my wants, my desires. Mm-hmm. Um, but it hasn't been without kind of adversity, you know, without pain at times. I think my drive has been this curious passion of, and what else? And what else? Yeah. And actually, what's it about? And and what's it? What, what am I made of? And what's it made of? Right. You know? Diving deeper. Full, yeah, diving deeper. Diving deeper. And there's always more. And that's ex- that really excites me. And at the same time, you know, I've met some great, amazing friends on on the the path and we've had a similar language. And then at times we haven't, you know, and so that drive for authenticity in me has also brought heartache. It's also brought pain Mm. and pain of separation, pain Mm. of uh, broken friendships within my family. You know, it's Mm. like I, I don't speak the same language all the time. And so really for me, it's about kind of, okay, I can carry this heartache, but my longing and my yearning feels so much more Mm -hmm. ignited, passionate, that even if I'm hurting, even if there's a separation, I I still have to go on. Mm -hmm. That's my true expression. That's what's authentic for me. And a big question, how, when you're hurting and you have heartache and disappointment and pain of separation, can you keep your heart open and keep keep going? You're talking to me right now. And honestly, the (laughs) last time we spoke, you said something to me that I have not forgotten. It's been in my head. I told you about me transitioning out of Abu Dhabi and you were like, I told you about my plans and you said, I think you're going to find your tribe. And that just like rung in my head, almost like someone hit a gong or something. And I was like, wow, 
Yeah. And I'm usually not really one who's uh, lost for words. And I was lost for words at that time. And you just saying this thing about that longing for adventure, that yearning for diving deeper, it resonates with me so deeply. And the separation of people and the dissolution of friendships and not speaking the same language as other people, maybe sometimes feeling like what, what's missing here? Like, wh- why don't people get it? Why is there this misalignment? I feel that like it resonates so, so strongly for me. So, I mean, I know you're talking about your experience, but honestly, I feel like you've just channeled the message to me. The whole thing about keeping oh, your heart open. It's, it's, it's amazing. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I do, do think that, that, you know, often I hear that we're social animals and we're about connection and it's about finding our tribe. And it's a painful thing to hear when you haven't found your tribe. Yeah. Right. And it's like, my question is being, does that mean there's something wrong with me? Mm -hmm. If I have, (laughs) yes. And then, of course, that opens up those big spaces inside all of us, which are the taboo shadow places, those places Mm -hmm. where there's shame or guilt, you know, that they crack open. That, Mm -hmm. that, am I doing something wrong, which brings this guilt? Or is there something wrong with me, which brings this shame? Right. So for me, it has always been about being courageous, being brave being able to take risks, to be emotionally exposing in uncertain times Mm -hmm. when really it's so kind of wobbly and rocky and you still have to keep going, you know, you still have to be able to tune into that vulnerability, but just know that without that courage to go to those vulnerable places, then there is no change. There is no possibility of of finding someone, some people who speak the same language. Right. And especially as, as people who really yearn for that, for discovery, really discovery, if we don't take that step, the the chasm between where we are, where we want to be is even greater than those who don't necessarily have that same yearning. Have you found as a, as a woman kind of going out there with this energy that perhaps is more kind of expressive and more assertive and, and more adventurous that you come up with challenges because perhaps that's not seen as the norm, whatever norm Absolutely. 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 The, these, these, I face these challenges from, from, from everyone. I, I, it's not even just, it's everyone. It's not men. It's, it's not just, it's people who I think everyone wants to be free. Obviously everyone wants to have the deepest, rawest, truest expression of themselves on the outside in the way that they envision it or desire it on the inside. And I can't speak for people, but I, I, I've noticed a lot of projection onto me, especially now when I'm really being courageous and, and, you know, taking that step to make changes in my life for what I envision for my future that I have never done before or hardly seen before, where people are projecting fear or projecting their own limiting beliefs or insecurities onto me. And I know that it's a projection because my spirit is strong and it it knows what it's doing. She knows what she's doing, (laughs) you know? And so when, when I feel all these fears that just come and go and they pass in my mind. I'm like, that's not real. That's not how I feel. That's not the truth of my, of my existence. That's not the truth of where I'm going in my trajectory. So where is that coming from? Oh, I remember having conversations with these people. I remember this person telling me that. And I, I do remember having a moment of internalizing it. And that's not to say anything bad about people. We're living in a society, in a world that really does, as you say, suppress these energies, suppress the assertiveness, especially for women. 
and the, 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 the desire to go out and be adventurous and to try new things and to not have to rely on anybody to give them a sense of stability or focus or strength or um, sense of aliveness. We can create that for ourselves. Everyone can do that, but specifically for women, we can do that. And it's actually a really good segue into the next part of the conversation. I wanted to talk to you about the work that you do with women and specifically in understanding ourselves as sensual, sexual beings and the taboo, this major cloud of taboo surrounding this life force that creates and brings life into this world and carries it on. So the question, what is the question, oh. right? <laughs> what is the question, but yeah, I mean, if I pull out bits of what you're saying around mm-hmm. women and sensuality and sexuality and what's the taboo, mm-hmm. I mean, I think and, and I feel that maybe uh, what I loved about what you were saying is, is that we can also make this about people. So yeah. we're not kind of doing this polarization. Right. But there is, you know, I can see for sure a difference between the approach and the attitude of women and men for various reasons. Right. You know, and I think the conversation has to start because coming together with our differences and our, our you know our unique expressions is is vital mm-hmm. and so I think with women definitely over the last 20 30 40 years we've come out we've had opportunities to do things that our mothers definitely didn't have the mm-hmm. opportunity to However, I don't think those opportunities have have necessarily been about sensuality, about connection, about speaking from the heart, about speaking from the the gut, the the intuitive spaces, Mm -hmm. because they aren't necessarily qualities or voices or experiences that are so recognized or appreciated they're they're not productive they're not profitable right I I would argue that they are but yeah yeah, yeah. right 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 the general consensus of the society what they say yeah exactly exactly and so we're breaking out of what we're brilliant at which is nurturing and and being hyper vigilant and Mm -hmm. knowing what everyone needs in the room let's just kind of say it Mm -hmm. that way and then coming back and we've got to be able as women to then understand our own desires and our own wants and be comfortable with them, have a healthy and healthy attitude towards sexuality, which means we have to be comfortable with our worth, with right. our value. And that is just, I think, flourishing where we're allowed or we're allowing ourselves, mm. daring to allow ourselves to be brave enough to say, I have sexual needs mm. uh, or I have a particular sexuality that I'm coming out with that in the past has been oppressed or in the past has been hypersexualized, that actually I'm not, go- I'm, I'm not coming from a place of overcompensating and I'm not coming from a place of undercompensating to look at me, see me. I need yeah. to look at me as a sexual object, but more so I'm really comfortable in my body. I love what I feel when I am in touch with this woman that I am, mm-hmm. you know? With all the sensuality that that comes, my felt sense, I know how I like to be touched. I know what I what I want, let's say, if we're talking about going into the bedroom. Right. I think it's really important for women to recognize which part of them gets expressed. Yeah. Not in the act, but where do you go when you're, you're sexually exploring through right. sensuality? 
Are you imaginative? Do you dare to be naughty? Do you want to just kind of lie back and not have any responsibilities? Is it a place where, you know, you start looking at yourself in a way where it's okay to explore, to discover, to be imaginative, to be creative. Mm -hmm. And that all means that you like yourself. Mm. I often say, when you look in the mirror, do you love yourself? Do you love what you see in all the shapes and sizes and bits and bobs that are in front of you? Do you, would you want to sexually explore yourself? Yeah. yeah, be in relationship, be in connection with yourself. It starts at home. Yeah. So I think the taboo in that is, is that that's just not being embraced. It's not being a conversation that has been healthy enough for, for us to feel safe, connected, comfortable, and at ease with, without being labeled as selfish or uh, what do they call it now? Slut shame. Slutty. Yeah. 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 So it's a big topic and one which is about power and connection. You know, it's not about domination Mm. or, or submission in that sense, but about I'm powerful because actually I'm in here and I love what I am and I want to share it with you, whoever you might be. And can you respect that in you? And then can we meet? Right. I mean, I've taken it down a kind of a different avenue, maybe, but I think sensuality and sexuality can, it's such a huge and beautiful, passionate topic. It is. It's one of it's one of my favorite topics, actually. And I was talking to my sister this morning on the phone about how I'm just coming to realize that this is like my favorite topic to discuss because I've always been a a very sexual person, very sensual, very creative. These things have always gone hand in hand with me. But of course, the creativity aspect can be dissociated from the sexuality and the sensuality because it's easy to do that. You just give your kids some crayons and a construction paper, let them be creative. But if they want to explore themselves, if they're thinking certain things or if they're having feelings when they're looking at certain things, you don't know how to deal with that. Do I even know how to voice that as a child? It, oh, my gosh. This, I, 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 I'm not sure how to structure this part of the conversation because, of course, we can go in so many different directions. They're yeah. all linked, though. They're all linked. So I'm thinking for someone who wants to get to where you're where you just imagined, like being a person who is very comfortable with themselves, looks in the mirror and loves themselves enough to explore themselves and invite someone into that exploration lovingly and say, okay, let's have this. Do you first, like even set that boundary and say, do you respect and love yourself enough to enter this domain? What's the first step? How do we get there? How do we start working on our self-worth and our value to come to a place to love ourselves? You know, of course, this is also huge and there are different approaches choose for sure the the, for me the first step is self-exploration self-inquiry what are the stories that we're telling ourselves what are the stories that are guiding our journey and those stories are often unexamined and sometimes we're not even aware of them they're born in childhood they're born in the environment that we grew up in that had certain unspoken rules that we absorbed and it's implicit in us Mm -hmm. and most of the time when we've identified with that story 
And it's been a painful identification because we lose connection with our true essence, that that, that disconnect then guides our journey. Mm-hmm. And so we have a story that is guiding our life that actually has nothing to do with who we really are. Ooh. So really being able to come back and catch those stories, which I feel you can catch when you get triggered or when someone upsets you mm-hmm. or when you feel emotionally charged, you can come back and really start getting in touch with the felt sense the felt sense is a language i think of the feminine it's a language of the body and it's a deeper wisdom so what do you mean by felt sense for yeah like can you just define that for us so often you ask excuse me often you ask someone how they feel and they tell you a perception so then you come back to but how does that really feel Mm. so first we start with an emotion so then okay i feel hurt Mm -hmm. Now, what does hurt actually feel like? So going underneath the hurt, that that actually I feel constricted. I feel tight. Mm. The felt sense is about the sensations of the body. The, 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 The tightness and the achiness and the the heaviness, the dullness that I experience in my heart, for example, when I just, when I've just perceived myself being rejected. Now, really creating space to stay with that achy, constricted, dull heart is, is very kind. It's super compassionate, especially if you can adopt the attitude of tenderness, gentleness, compassion, kindness, because that part inside was so unbearable back in the day when it first happened, that we covered it up with that identification and the story. Mm. Or the story might be something like, I'm not good enough, no one pays me any attention. So later on in life, when someone in our perception rejects us, that story, you see, I'm not good enough, no one pays me any attention, becomes this kind of repetitive journey. Right. Now going behind that, oh, I feel hurt, I feel disappointed. Going behind that, I have this constriction, this achiness, allows us to give space to a really overwhelming situation and experience that we didn't have space and we didn't give attention to when we were little because we couldn't and it was too overwhelming and it flooded us. But in adulthood, we have that opportunity. And by doing that, we actually re- reclaim what was lost. Wow. So wow. that's the, the, the felt sense is the sensation that is underneath the overwhelm and the emotion and the perceptions. See, those stories are heady. Yeah. And we can analyze them and evaluate them and, until the cows come home. Someone tells me the cows never come home. But dropping down now into the felt sense, we start to engage the heart. We start to engage the language of the intuition. We start to engage the, the, the inner sensations and we focus on a journey, let's say, whereby we can open doors and reconnect to what was lost. And that's when I think it becomes for sure uh, more spiritual, but for sure more in alignment with our core selves. Right, right. 
Right. I'm, I'm again, lost for words. This is, this is good stuff. Really, really good stuff. And I'm also thinking about all those very heady and overwhelming emotional moments that I've been experiencing this past year. And what did I do in those moments? You know, like what, what was my technique for getting through it? I don't know. Sometimes you just, it's like, it's almost that intuitive thing. You, you get through it somehow. And maybe I used that mechanism, but didn't have a name for it. Didn't have language to put behind it. It's so helpful to have language to put behind it because you know, you have a choice, right? Like, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. Now I know I can access the felt sense underneath the overwhelm. So what can I do? I can use my consciousness, my, my larger consciousness, and understand that I'm feeling something overwhelming right now. Can I put a name to that overwhelm? I feel hurt. Can I put a felt sense to that sense of hurt? What does it feel like in my body? And then I become more empowered even in that, even though I still feel those feelings, even though the feelings haven't gone away, I, I become more empowered in my body, in my senses, in my sensuality, without it being tagged to a sexual um, seductress or a, a you know, slut or a whore or anything like that. I'm being a sensual person, experiencing it in an intuitive way that's actually helpful and self-soothing. Exactly. Beautiful, beautiful. Like my synthesis. (laughs) Yeah, what an amazing synthesis. You just journeyed through a really important um, part of the process, which is what is my armoring? Mm -hmm. When something happens and I actually feel fear, overwhelm, anger, rather than reacting, which is what often we do from Mm -hmm. an armor space, actually we stop and we give ourselves the importance that we deserve, which is, hey, something just happened there that meant I was about to go to my armor and and most of us. So the problem isn't what we feel. The problem is what we do with the feelings. Mm, mm. And that armoring is, is that actually we fight back or we need to be right or we we stand in, even when we know we're not right, Mm. or we stand in a place of, of attack or we get submissive, we lose our voice, and we freeze, something happens, and we hide behind that armoring, and we think that's who we are. And actually, as you were just very eloquently explaining, the the journey underneath that armoring, of course, takes courage, takes that, you know, the, the capacity to be able to expose ourselves and really be vulnerable and in doing that we start to find and discover what really is more truthful about who we are and then we get to expand and then we develop competences and a capacity to really uh, venture into life with with more meaning with more empowerment, with more love for ourselves. Because mm. when you open those doors and you discover through the most adverse places of pain that actually there is something more powerful, more juicy, mm. more, more, um, more true about who you are, it's an amazing feeling. And that's, it's almost like you know, learning how to deal with adversity. Yeah. When you're down or you're in re- reactivity, most of us don't have the skills to get back up again. Right. This is one journey of really discovering aspects about ourselves that will help us to get back up again. Because mm-hmm. challenges are going to happen. 
We are going to face adversity. So learning how to courageously challenge the adversities within ourselves is very much part of self-worth, very much part of our own feeling of value. Right. Oh, so good. And it's our responsibility to ourselves. It is, it is very much our responsibility to ourselves to do that. We can't, we can't rely on anyone else to do it for us. We are because accountable. We are accountable. And, we, and when we do, if we do try to rely on someone else to do it for us, we just have to think to ourselves, does it work when someone tries to tell you what you need to hear? It, it doesn't work. You don't ever want to hear it from someone who may know and who may see it plain as day without any of the filters that you think you're putting up, that you have these, you have a gaping wound, <laughs> you know, inside you. And that's why you're in this issue right now, but you're not able to see it. So I'm going to tell you, all you get is resistance. All you get is resistance. I've been watching a lot of Ianla Fix My Life this weekend. <laughs> and she, I don't, know, I don't know if you know her, but she basically goes into people's homes, their lives on their request and asks them to help fix lives. And it's usually these very deep generational issues that are happening in the family that have come from grandmother, grandfather, down to parent, down to child, and is infecting, basically infecting the whole family. And she sees the issues and she tries to fix it, but she's always met with resistance. And I've seen that in my own life too, with people, with, with myself, of course, you know, trying to, to, to do things one certain way. And at some point you just have to surrender. I found myself, I should, I say you, but I really mean me. Like I, I found that I've just had to surrender and say, I keep coming up against the same issue in different forms. So, hmm. You are describing something really powerful in terms of the transgenerational, collective, repetitive traumas. That if they are not resolved in one generation, they land they over. And then it makes it a little bit more intricate and complex to be able to take accountability for something that you can't quite find in your yeah. own life, but it is coming through you. That's yeah. the power of connection. We aren't alone here, you know. And so that element of real accountability, responsibility leads to, I think, the biggest and the, 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 the most common uh, aspect in all spiritual scriptures which is acknowledge what is mm. acknowledge what is because it is and actually it's bigger than us even our, the, our biggest and most important powerful will that is driving us to make something happen in the way that we think it, it's going to happen when it doesn't happen it explodes and actually something else more beautiful if we wait and we're patient enough yeah. and we let go mm -hmm. and get out of our own way, will unfold and manifest. And that's life's will. That's life's way, divine order, existence, whatever we want to call it. But it comes back to how do we get in attunement with life? And that's the surrender, getting yeah. out of our own way and acknowledging what is, in fact, loving what is. Loving what is, where it is. You know, even if it hurts us, I just got this this thought in me right now that that said that um, maybe all the hardships that we face are just trying to reinforce how important love is, how important and how the baseline for everything is love. The baseline for everything good in life, all that we want to experience, the bliss we want to experience in life is love. And we face these adversities so we can so we can fight through it and recognize that love is the antidote 
that we actually when I was when I was 19, I got a tattoo on my back that said, all we need is love. And I wasn't thinking about nothing. I was like, I want a tattoo on my spine. It won't hurt. (laughs) And maybe maybe I was. That's what I'm saying. Maybe I was. And now here I am, 27, thinking this, having this message come through to my head. It's nothing revolutionary, but that's the thing. It's not supposed to be revolutionary. That's because it's, 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 I think the difference is, is the embodiment of it. Right. You know, I think Almas, I probably won't do him justice, but has an amazing quote that just says all the conflicts, all the adversities, all the hardships we face come from a beautiful loving part in us mm-hmm. because that heart loves us so much. It will do whatever it takes to slap us about and wake us up so that we can really experience the depth of the truth of the love of the essence of who we really are. Wow. You know, it, I mean, that's difficult to say to people, especially in these times, you know, where yeah. people are suffering and there's a rise in mental health and uh, disorders and, and domestic violence. And all, it's hard in mm-hmm. those times to say, hey, this is happening for the, the best of your... Uh, <laughs> there's a larger reason. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you yeah. need to be suffering in this way because <sighs> it's asking you to wake up. So it's a delicate mm-hmm. process. It's a delicate journey. But you ex- really expressed something, which was your tattoo perhaps was coming from that deep place inside. Yeah. And not until, by the way, 27 is really ancient, right? <laughs> not until you reach the age of 27 do you understand perhaps the, the depth of that right you know so many times i think we go through the same journey the same pattern over and over and over again many times i have said but i know this but i know this mm-hmm. and it's a different knowing and that yes. i think is really our journey you know intellectually do you know with your heart do you know with your intuition do you know with your witnessing eye that Mm. part in us that actually is just hanging out waiting for one day us to recognize that hey there's something inside me that's not affected by all of this and it's just watching you know it's got the different layers and levels of knowing that's wisdom right that's That's wisdom that's a a passionate place of yeah hey let us really understand the participatory knowing and that is so many levels and layers and makes life worth living right (laughs) yeah you see this look on my face i'm like uh it's almost like (laughs) It's almost like, you know, you can imagine getting like a download into your brain or something. That's what feels like it's happening right now, which is great. It's, it's nice because I know I'm going to come away from this episode with so much more insight. And that's the whole goal for this podcast is, is for me to come away with insight, but then for others who are listening to feel supported and to feel like there's a space that we're talking about real things. And yes, sure. Maybe we can't tell people during this time to directly to their faces, oh, this is happening for a bigger reason, but we can say it to each other in this sort of meta discursive way and people still get the message. (laughs) You know what I mean? The message is still there, even if we're saying it differently. And more and more of us can start living it. More and more of us can start recognizing the values that are in alignment with that and start living it. You know, 
I guess there's that horizontal learning and vertical learning, you know, the horizontal, which is everyday life. We can learn from, I mean, it's cliche, isn't it? But walking along the beach and watching how waves crash and, mm. and are continuously changing and are never the same mm-hmm. and recognizing that that is, you know, everyday life. And when we disappear from having to control it or make it predictable or, or attached to it because we, we're, we're coming from a place of fear, we, we, we can get rid of those kind of, you know, when I say get rid of them, we can step out of that need to make things so predictable. And then I think we open ourselves up for the vertical downloads, the, yeah. the vertical transmissions. And I don't have them all the time, but when they come and some creative uh, pop yeah. just happens, it's, it's like, wow, I want to live like that, you know, and then yeah. I want to be attached vertical transmissions and then of course then I'm attached somewhere else so then you gotta learn to get away of that part so this beautiful dance (sighs) between I don't know the 360 of life Mm -hmm. there's just so many elements and aspects and what do we choose to focus on what do we that's my that's another thing yeah, yeah, one of my exciting things going back to what's the stories that we are making up, those stories that we make up really taint our vision. We see through those lenses. Mm. And of course, for, for a long time, the, those lenses that allow us to have feedback that we know and is a comfort zone is, is, is what we know. And so it's safe. And so stepping out of those comfort zones to dare to challenge what's outside yeah. is scary yeah it's very scary but I think cleaning our lenses cleaning our perspectives letting go of our perceptions that we're hanging on to is crucial to to again come back to our true value and true worth yeah you know it's interesting you mentioned when the lenses that we look through or that we see through and things being familiar and we're okay with that but we need to need to change those uh, today in the shower, where I do a lot of my best thinking, <laughs> I think a lot of people do their good thinking in the shower. Um, I was just thinking about the very thing that usually is like the, the best quality of the moment that really helps us in the moment at another moment can be the worst quality that's actually keeping us back. And in the first episode of this podcast, I talked about my journey from living from a place of fear to living from a place of love. Lifelong journey, obviously, very interlayered, multidimensional journey, but I'm really keeping that as my my focus in my mind. So how do I know where I'm going on this path? And when it comes to keeping the heart open or opening the heart after heartbreak or what have you, it seems that for a lot of us, myself included, I'll just be for myself, but I know that a lot of people go through this too. The thing that we use to keep ourselves protected from hurt outside, it's like, I'm going to keep other people out. I'm going to keep bad people out. So there's going to be this cage here or this barrier here at my heart at a certain point turns into a mechanism to keep you isolated. You know what I mean? No longer does it just keep the, the bad people out or the bad energy out, but it's keeping the good out and it's keeping you, me, from seeing the good peop- the good parts of the people in the bad representations of those people. You know, that yes. compassionate awareness of myself, my core self, my, my, my universe in other people, that sense of love in other people as well. I can't see that because I'm so focused on protecting, protecting. And now the protection has become closer and closer. And now it's just squeezing my heart. And I have no capacity to love 
I don't even know what love for myself looks like anymore because I'm too focused on protecting myself from other people and making other people bad in order to keep me safe. What does safety look like now? Because I'm not even safe from my own self. <laughs> How extraordinary, isn't it? That's the paradox. Yeah. Because you know what? start off and we're those little curious infants fear happens when we wander too far away from our parents Mm -hmm. and we want to actually return so fear starts off being an emotion of connection because it helps us to return to our caregiver but if our caregiver is unable to soothe us and to co-regulate us that level of fear is so overwhelming that we have to shut it off and we have to learn with whatever means we have as such a little child to protect ourselves so how do we do that we shut that feeling down Mm -hmm. and we actually compartmentalize it we freeze it we 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 leave it for a a rainy day if you like Mm. so then we go in life with this protection which gives us only an aspect of ourselves I kind of see us as half dead, even mm. though it's about survival. We are living, but we're not really living. You know, mm. we're definitely not thriving. And so when we get to that place where we see how much it's constricting us, we start then to recognize that we're having to shrink in order to relate. And when we actually feel the pain of that enough, and we want to feel that pain, that's when we can crack open and reclaim more parts of ourselves. But I think the journey, as, as we're looking at it now, is the personality wants to avoid feeling pain. Yeah. Because it was experienced in childhood as such an overwhelming, excruciating experience that flooded us. And the essence of ourselves is about truth. And truth brings pain. Yeah. So what a journey of paradox, you know, and that's where courage and vulnerability has to come in, because actually, if we really want to experience the the love and the, the, the wholeheartedness of who we are, we have to break through that armor and in that protection. And that can mean really facing your fear really sitting with your rage sitting with your humiliation your your shame your intimidation whatever it might be which is is excruciating and of course it's like kind of uh, counterintuitive it's like putting your hand in the fire and keeping it there yeah and it's like the brain says we don't do that we were taught that take your hand off the fire and here we're saying hey you want to really feel love keep your hand in the fire right keep burning burn off the old parts of you (laughs) yeah burn those those layers that protected you at one time but no longer uh, are useful now we need an upgrade we need an upgrade that's kind of what troubles me about um part of gen z uh and part of millennials as well i guess part of humanity i could say why am i just why am i putting gen z like they're some sub subaltern whatever um part of humanity that just wants to remain cool and unbothered you know like i can't be bothered by anybody's nonsense and what you have what you feel about me is your business and taking no accountability for whatever situations happen in our lives that's that's really problematic i found and then for people like me who are not cool i'm i I may wear a leather jacket from time to time but i'm certainly not cool in that sense like i feel everything i'm i'm okay with an awkward situation i'm very okay with it and i don't know sometimes when to stop talking 
and it's just coming from me you know what I mean the the, the expression of me you know I really love that you know I'm questioning <laughs> and now it's like what is cool oh my god well I'm so not cool <laughs> I, actually but it's an interesting one isn't it because the 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 generate the new generations are introduced straight into social media and yeah. it's scary out there the yeah. cancel culture and if you come out with uh, something that is a little bit edgy the the amount of kind of criticism and and attack that is yeah. possible baseless is, brainless it, criticism absolutely and you know that really interests me because it's the likes of um, you and I and the people who are willing to do the hard work and really feel the pain and and get in touch with our sensitivity Mm -hmm. and and creativity that let's say is not cool we can actually discuss and maybe give ourselves some constructive feedback you know because we're in it yeah but those people who are sitting on the the sidelines and they have all of these amazing criticisms and attacks but they haven't got their hands dirty yeah actually i'm not interested i'm not interested at the same time it's painful to have attacks kind of, you know, thrown at you, right. especially when you're open. So I understand that, uh, that other um, description of coolness, you know, because it's a form of protection. And perhaps it's necessary for a particular part of the journey, you know, that you, you try it out and you feel and you see how much it's costing you. And until it's really costing you something and you Mm -hmm. really are suffering, then maybe when you suffer enough, you wake up and maybe you don't. I get scared a little bit of those people who are kind of traveling through life and that's going to be the only kind of uh, reality. Mm. But that, that is also life. And maybe that's the beauty of diversity. Some people wake up, some people don't. And who's to say which one's right or wrong or which one we should or shouldn't do. All I know is being alive and feeling alive and thriving and discovering and being adventurous is incredibly important to me. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's the, the road I choose, you know. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's times when you, you do need some safety or security and you, you dictate that in your life. So it is, it's a choice between um safety security predictability adventure excitement risk taking and a negotiation between the two right at different points in your life yeah it feels really really good when you break rules no feels so good (laughs) of course (laughs) i love that i actually love that i really do love it It's I think it's it's you know it's the artist in us it's the it's the inner creative person the inner creative spirit in us who who sees beyond of course the boundaries and everyone has that in them we don't have to live by you know obviously the professions that tell us that you can do this and you can't do that and for those of us like me like you who like are maybe do work in those professions and the boundaries are set and we feel that encouragement, that inner encouragement saying, don't just go past it. Just that boundary is there for you to cross it. That's the reason exists. <laughs> Not for you to you obey feel, it. And when you feel those inner restrictions that say, but who do you think you are? But you're not enough. Are you yeah. sure you actually 
have what it takes. When you hear those voices, you you shake their hand, you hold their hand, you say, come on, let's see. I'll show you. I will show <laughs> you who we are. Because <laughs> <laughs> that inner critic is ready to pounce at any moment. Yeah. And so that's something that I see that comes up in myself and in the, the people that I work with. It's like you reach that edge of mis- mystery or naughtiness or, or fear because you're about to kind of jump off the cliff without a parachute. And you have that voice that's saying, yeah, are you sure you can do it? Do you mm. have what it takes? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And that's that old inner critic that, you know, some people want to say fuck off to and yeah. some people I just want to say, well, you know what? Thank you. You have helped me up until now, but I'm going anyway. I got it. Yeah, I got it from here. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's the breaking through coolness that uh, is needed at times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. What what a conversation. What a conversation. It's a good thing I kept an eye on time because we, we, we could have just blasted through until next year with this conversation. <laughs> But isn't that, that's for me, that's making like kind of the shadow, trauma, um, the darkness sexy. You know, it doesn't have to be dull. At one point, psychotherapy and the therapies really had this bad kind of, you know, taboo energy around them. It's like dull and like, why you want to go into so much pain and stuff actually it's on some level i feel now we're in a place where it doesn't have to be so heavy mm-hmm. to start looking at yourself mm-hmm. and to start looking at those places inside that have been incredibly painful and traumatic actually it's time that we we have to wake up and we're in some really interesting times of emergence and you know one of my things is hey where do we go with this will we transgress or will something emerge which will allow a real disruption of of the patterns that we're used to and open up into something that we're uncertain of but we are all ready or many of us are ready to step into the new possibilities yeah, I think that there's a large uh, part of us who are among the latter. I mean, if, if we're listening to, if we're engaging in this podcast and those who are listening to this podcast, they are among those because they wouldn't be interested in this kind of conversation if not so, you know? Um, I agree. I and agree. it's a beautiful thing. I think so. I absolutely do. And it's great the work that you're doing uh, in order to bring at your age uh, and, and not being cool, right? <laughs> I managed to make it happen at my young age, my young, uncool self. <laughs> <laughs> How fantastic. Huh? Really, really beautiful work. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that and for being here and for giving your energy and your smiles of those who are listening. You don't get the pleasure of seeing this smile, but I'm sure you could hear it and you could feel Abigail's energy, which I've been so blessed to have, you know, been a part of this, this hour. Thank you so much, Abigail. Thank you too. Really keep doing what you're doing. And you also have a beautiful smile. So you are a part the passion that we created here <laughs> thank you is there thank anywhere you would like to be found on the internet if anyone would like to get in touch with you 
Sure, I have a website, www.potentialcharisma.com. Right now, I don't have the workshops and retreats on there, but keep looking because they will come as soon as, as our borders open. Mm. You know, I'm through, uh, I do a lot of work in groups, in retreats and globally. But that's a website where you can see some bits for now. Awesome. Thank you so much, Abigail. And to everyone listening, thank you for joining this episode and staying on this journey. I hope you um, were able to get some gems from it. Uh, if you would like to share your, your, your comments, your, your ideas, what came to mind or heart for you, you can let us know in a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And uh, find us on Instagram at Wellspring Words. Um, check out our website, www.wellspringwords.love and or send us an email be well at wellspringwords.love thank you so much and chat later bye